My mom sent me a little picture this week, or actually it was last night, um, and it said, uh, you should be as excited about church as you are the Super Bowl, so when your pastor makes a good point on Sunday, pour Gatorade over his head. <laughs> so, got my eye on you. Arthur also threatened to uh, chant, let's go aho, let's go aho, because Tuesday night, a bunch of us guys went to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes game, and Sebastian Ajo, my um, cousin, <laughs> scored three goals and uh, had, a, had his first career hat trick. And so, um, if, if um, you know, in the, in, the, in the service, if we need a little pick-me-up, the choir's got my back, and they might start chanting a little bit if we need to get a point across or, or move something along. Today's uh, scripture and sermon uh, center on 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we'll look at verses uh, 4 through 13. Um, it's a passage that you've heard many times. It has already been referenced in the children's sermon. Um, it's been sung about by the choir. It's one of those things that you know, and so you could probably just turn your brain off and not think that much as you listen to this sermon and just kind of nod along, but in, in, in going through this passage recently, um, something struck me, and it was verse 7, where Paul writes, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You were given gifts for the common good, for the collective good, for the good of the body of Christ, you were given the gifts that God has given you, and this should have an effect on you and on me. It might make us squirm in our seats a little bit, um, because it might point us to the fact that our gifts have little use when they are not connected in some way or another to Christ's body. This passage pushes us to an active life lived together with another with a community of believers. And so I hope we see that God's church is, is different in some ways, in, in some very important ways, than other communities that we are a part of, other communities that we love and that we cherish and that are important to us. But I also hope we see that this is a vital community for us to be a part of in order to experience fulfillment when it comes to experiencing life. And so let's turn to an epistle reading this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll share in verses 4 through 13. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given this, through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And to another faith by the same Spirit. And to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the working of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the discernment of spirits, and to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. 
All of these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of the one Spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If we're going to talk about a different kind of community, we'll need to define those differences. And one thing I want to start with is is, is thinking a bit about competition. Now, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and it is a day where we mark and, and celebrate competition There's competition on the field today. It'll be between the the Patriots and the Falcons. There's competition during commercial breaks as advertisers seek to have the best advertisement. There might be competition among those who attend the Super Bowl party by filling out proposition bets or by measuring whose chip and dip was the best, right? This day is obviously a competitive day in many, many respects. But when you zoom out a little bit, I think think you might see that most of our days and most of our communities and most of the circles that we live in are governed by competition in one way or another. Now, some people love love competition. They, they thrive on competition. The, the high achievers among us um, treat DJ Khaled's All I Do Is Win. It's not a song. It's not like a warm-up tune for the basketball team. All I Do Is Win is a mantra for life. All I do is win at work uh, by selling a lot of stuff and by getting raises and then achieving promotions. I coach sports teams and all I do is teach them to win, right? We manage our time and our energy and our resources so that we can win at life. And I guarantee you, somewhere out there, there is a motivational speaker or coach who would encourage you to take your iPhone and set it on the side of the bed and wake up every morning to the song, All I Do Is Win, so you can get out of bed winning from dawn till dark. Because in the world around us, competition is the name of the game. Survival of the fittest is how the life outside these walls works. And when you, when you think about it, you don't think about it because we're so accustomed to it that we just expect there's going to be competition all the time over, over politics, over education, over allegiances, over businesses, over friendships. There's competition in which way is the fastest way to get to the city today so that we can get to Raleigh or Durham five minutes faster than somebody else. It's all competition all the time. It drives so much that is it is around us that it drives so much around us that, that sometimes when we when we can't take any more competition 
We just default to convenience. So our life is either competitive or it is just convenient. You could create a spectrum with competition on one side and convenience on the other end, and you can see that most of the activities in life fall somewhere between and and probably not in the middle. All here or all there. That's why we call life a rat race, isn't it? We're forced to do our best or to survive, to stay afloat. Or we just remove ourselves completely, conveniently. I think it's easy to pick on any, any one of us or any all, any all of us, as young, young families with, with kids whose, whose, whose time is so imposed upon that we either do stuff to help our kids compete or we remove ourselves from them because we just can't help them compete anymore. When schedules hit their limit and there is no more room for anything else, we just do what's convenient. And we avoid competition altogether. But even in in some ways, that is competitive. And this describes, to me, it describes how I see life for almost all of us in 2017. And, And this is nothing like the community that Paul is writing about in 1 Corinthians 12. Because instead of the, the, the stress between competition and convenience, Paul wants the church to see itself as a community that's driven by different words. Forgiveness and faithfulness. Compassion and commitment. Now, Paul writes to a Corinthian church that's very splintered. They're, they're divided. They're, um, as one commentator put it, it's a church that's rent with schisms, which is a very theological way of saying that they had different things going on. They were divided. They were split. But as best we can tell, this Corinthian church was also diverse. And one of the most pronounced ways they were diverse was in their economic diversity. There were some very affluent people and there were some very poor people in their church. And and there were also some differing beliefs about how the Spirit of God was working in and among them. And I don't, obviously Paul didn't know anything about like CNN or Fox News or the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, but I suspect there were some political divides going on in the church there in Corinth, different politics than ours, but they were there nonetheless. And so I think there's two things to note about this. One is Paul is writing to a very diverse church in Corinth, and two Though hopefully, and I don't think we are as divided as the Corinthian church was, in some ways, this congregation is every bit as diverse economically, socially, theologically, and politically as the church was in Corinth. So this message, whether we are divided and at odds with one another or not, is a message for us too. Paul writes to a diverse congregation because the early church was, by its very nature, diverse. And his deep, abiding belief about diversity 
Paul's was this. Um, that the differences and the diversity come as a gift from the Holy Spirit. And they're inspired by the Holy Spirit so that the community will be enriched by the differences within the body. So for Paul, when status and affluence divide a community, or when means and, and wealth create barriers within a congregation, or when different opinions become status indicators that lead to discrimination of, of any kind, for Paul, that means the church is not being the church. And the Holy Spirit is not then allowed to work there. And the congregation is succumbing to competitive desires rather than the ordained reality of God, which is we are to embrace one another's diverse gifts and we are to offer our own unique gifts for the benefit of the common and the collective good. Paul assumes congregations are going to be full of unique people. And Paul expects that our default and our desire is going to be to stay away from one another's uniqueness. But what he implores the church to do through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is to be present with one another and for one another. We're to gather with one another, seek to embrace differences, and see past one another's shortcomings. Through the gifts of the Spirit in a diverse congregation, we must be compassionate and forgiving because the way to get through differences is not to convince someone that your way is right. It's to see how, how God might be working in the life of another who sees something differently than you. So, sticking to a view and working to convince someone of the way you see it and ignoring how God might be working through someone else is to ignore the way of the Spirit. Through the life of the church, we're to always seek the ways that the Spirit might be working in and through the life of someone else who has a gift that's different than mine. And we are to see differences as diverse gifts meant to enrich the body of believers. Diversity enriches so that in being gathered with those who are different from us, we see how it is that God's Spirit works through us all. Paul in 1 Corinthians describes a community of believers who are different. They're diverse, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, collectively, believers develop the ability to be compassionate and forgiving, committed and, and faithful to the body of Christ as it comes together as one body. And as he closes the section that we were reading, they come together as one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, and free, all together in the Spirit. And no matter what our differences may or may not be, those differences that he's experiencing in that congregation are probably much bigger differences than we experience in here today. But in this kind of body, in this kind of community, the one that Paul is laying out, there's no, there's no competition anymore. Because we're not driven to see that our gift is the best, or to use our gift the most. Rather, the eyes 
see the way forward. And the, the feet carry the eyes forward. And the hands reach out in ways that the ears cannot. And so when we're all in this together, bringing our gifts together, we're not competitive with one another, but we're also not relieved by convenience. Because we don't need a break from using our gifts. We're not exhausted by using our gifts within the body of Christ. Because God's given these gifts to us. And and we're not measuring how much we can use our gifts over against someone else using their gifts. In fact, we're all just treasured and loved and embraced because of who we are and because of whose we are. So within the church, we're driven by compassion and forgiveness. We need to offer it And we need to receive it. And in doing both, we experience our full selves. We experience the power of the body. And we're compelled then by faithfulness and commitment because in the body, in this community, in the church, as it's created by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're drawn in. Because this without competition and without complacency and without convenience, becomes a place where we long to be because in this place we are fully welcomed and we are fully loved and our importance is fully recognized. Our lives, though, are competitive. And the communities we're a part of outside of these walls are are competitive. And because competition is exhausting... This needs to be a different kind of community. You need the church because you need a different kind of community. You need a place to be yourself. You need a place to be loved and to love freely. And you need a place that is not cutthroat. Where you can experience the power of simply being a part of God's body. Right? Therefore, of all the demands that are on you, on your time, on your energy, on your resources, this is a place that needs to be different. This needs to be a non-competitive place for us all. A place where we all feel loved. And here, we get to engage through the power of God's Spirit. Engage with the gifts that we've been given. And in doing so, we will start to crave using those gifts even more, I think. I hope. And in that way, I think this body is different. Now, I started with sports. I love sports. I love competition. And when I was in sixth grade, I tried out for the seventh and eighth grade basketball team at the local school. I had never played competitive basketball before, but I fully expected to make the team uh, because in the very least, I had on Air Jordans, right? Like, it's going to be like Mike. But then, you know, after two nights of practice, when I, along with like 50 other kids, were pulled over to the side by the coach and told that, you know, there's only room for like one or two exceptional sixth graders on the seventh and eighth grade basketball team, um, I was still crushed. 
I could still sort of feel that pit in my stomach that happened when I was cut from this, the, the, like the basketball team that I was never supposed to be a part of anyway. There's not enough seats on the bench for all the sixth graders. And so, even though I should have been on the team anyway, it still matters that I was cut. It still matters that I, I failed as a part of competition. I went on to have an illustrious basketball career, let me assure you. <laughs> uh, but I bet, I bet that that pit in my stomach that I feel when I think about like getting cut from that little team, I bet you know what that feels like. Because maybe, maybe you weren't cut from a sports team, but maybe it was after a job interview or an application was denied. Maybe you were left alone and not invited to the gathering on Saturday night. Or, or maybe, maybe you still have ill will towards a school who rejected your application many years ago. I, I don't know when and where you've been a victim of a competitive community, but I bet, I bet you know that feeling. You know the feeling of being on the wrong side of the competition. And, and I think that that is why with his people and with his body and with the gifts you have been given as a child of God, you have been called and created to engage in a different kind of community that is the body of Christ as well. You're called to be different, to see differently, to, to treat other people differently, and to take time in your life, even if it's just a couple of hours, to engage each week in the life of this community, the body of Christ. According to Paul, you've been given gifts, and you've been compelled to engage with those gifts through this family of faith. So that you can be a part of creating a different kind of community here. Because you need it. You need a place where you are welcomed and you are loved. And the chances of feeling that thing in your stomach are almost none. You need a place where you can open your arms safely to others. So that they don't risk feeling that feeling either. The ancient church father um, I'll call him Basil, but it's spelled like Basil, and I'm not sure which one's right. I'll learn that next semester in school. He said this. He said, Since no one has the capacity to receive all the spiritual gifts, when one is living in community with others, the grace privately bestowed on each individual becomes the common possession of others. One who receives it as any of these gifts does not possess it for its own sake, but rather for the sake of others. You have been given gifts. And like a pair of shoes left in the closet, they are useless unless they are out and at work. You've been given gifts not just for the sake of yourself, but for those who are here. Not just for your own gain, but because those who are a part of this congregation need them as well. You've been given those gifts and the way to fully experience the life of, of God through the Holy Spirit is to exercise them with others. You've been given something by God that is best worked out by faithful devotion to and through the body of Christ. And that makes this community a different kind of community. 
But it also makes it the best kind of community you could ever be a part of. And so maybe you've experienced that before and you want to experience it again or you need to share it with others. Or maybe you need to experience that kind of community. Because we all need it. I think that's what the church is for. That's what the Lord's church is for. And that's how our faith is best worked out. Through this different kind of community. Through this different kind of community. God is most at work. And so join God's work through this congregation by making your life here a regular part of your life. Because as much as you need it, according to Paul, everyone else around here needs it as well. So taking the gifts that God has given us, let's build a different kind of community together. Will you pray with me? Gracious God and loving God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your love and grace, which carry us forward and compel us to share with one another. And Lord, we pray that you would be with us each step of the way as we seek to be a different kind of community, to embody a different kind of community than those that are outside these walls. And Lord, help us to figure out what that means and how to do it, at least for today. Give us the capacity to love and care for one another, to meet each other's needs as best we are able, and most of all, to convey your love and grace to a world that desperately needs it today. Loving God, help us to feel the gifts that you have given us and help us to see the ways that we can put them to work as a part of your community today. And it is in your great name and with great hope that we offer this prayer. Amen.